0: Hi, everyone. I'm April. And I'm Christine. Before we get started, we wanted to warn you that the following content contains adult language, activities, and violence and may not be suitable for young listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to Southern Discomfort. This is one of the most unique podcasts on the internet. Southern tales of the weird, wild, mysterious, unusual, voodoo, Voodoo. cryptids, hauntings. Are you intrigued yet? This is Southern Discomfort. Southern Discomfort. And now, your hosts, April and Christine.
0: is the perfect place to keep this covert and this is why they have a linear particle accelerator in New Orleans to radiate cancer and to accelerate the tumors that grow on the animals to try and get a weaker strain they both only have one strain that is the um, the SV40 and the polyoma they only had one strain but this is why they needed to accelerate it with the linear particle accelerator and um, mutate to get a weaker strain. Because unlike polio, polio had um, different strains. They had heavy strains and medium strains and, and light strains. So, And then also, like I mentioned earlier, that, that they didn't link the viruses to cancer. Right. So now you have medication such as Gardasil mm-hmm. that prevents cancer causing viruses. So. <laughs> like he says you can't have it both ways. Like okay, so you don't have like they were saying the cancer the viruses don't cause cancer, but now now you actually have medications that you take to um to mitigate cancer
2: from these viruses, so, well, so then, Yeah. I think it's I think it it's known that some viruses do absolutely cause cancer yes
0: so they they put the linear particle accelerator in the government building and the infectious diseases um, de, uh, building and this was guarded by US Marines so that people just couldn't come in and just kind of willy-nilly like hey what's going on here I mean it's only <laughs> guarded by <laughs> Marines you're right, you're right. I mean what do they do they what do they get for clearing embassies. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding! I love U.S. Marines. I married one of them, <laughs> so, and he cleared an embassy. And he cleared an embassy, right? Which is why that's so funny. So Haslam believes that this is Mary Sherman's crime scene. Like, so this, so she was in this building where it was. She was radiated by the beam of, um, well, of radiation. The beam of radiation. <laughs> and, a beam of radiation. <laughs> so, I mean, you have to, you have to laugh at this. Come on now, otherwise we'd be crying and in well, fear. Well, it's very true, right. right? But and and that's why they uh, took her to her apartment and they staged it to, um, of course, cover this up because they didn't want that to come out because they'd be like, "Oh, what happened to her? Well, Wait, what were you doing?" <laughs> What were you up to when that happened? What caused this? This beam of radiation. (laughs) Can you imagine right? So, cancer-causing monkey viruses. um, These are... So, the cancers that it causes are the soft tissue cancers. Right. Breast cancer, prostate, lymphoma, and childhood brain tumors. So... So, then we get into the numbers. So, 15 to 16 cases of cancer per year is what they got for every one case of polio. Mm-hmm. So, that's 1 in 200 people get soft tissue cancer. And so, 100% of cervical cancer is caused by HPV. And 1 out of 200 get the cancer. Okay. So, the 300 million people... And you do the math. One half of one percent is one point five million people per year, and that's actually what we get mm-hmm. as far as the people who have cancer. Yeah. So, that's wild. Like he, like he actually runs down the math right there, and that's that's what we get. So, um, this includes the ones, the people who were vaccinated with the polio vaccine and their children because it is passed along. To their
2: progeny. Well, absolutely, it is. It's carried in the DNA chain. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That's right. That doesn't just go away when you when you reproduce.
0: Right. And that is one of the reasons why, other than I love this story so much, but because it's very relevant even today, because they are rushing today to find a vaccine for COVID and tell me yeah <laughs> right yeah exactly but um we have to be careful about what we're doing and what we are putting into our dna because they these can rewrite your your genetic code oh absolutely and pa- be passed along so so um so then we have 1962 rose long and you had the like I said, you had the Bay of Pigs, the Cuban Missile Crisis, um, the CIA, they wanted to get rid of Castro, and then they were weaponizing cancer to create a bioweapon to kill him. This was um Pro- Project Mongoose. So Project Mongoose. Oh, I never
2: knew the name of it.
0: Yes, that was the um the op- the operation. When your mongoose Oh, I did know that, but I've forgotten. Okay. But that was when they were strapping. They wanted to strap bombs on dolphins. They mm-hmm. wanted to um, have exploding cigars. They wanted to put botulism in his wetsuit. He, mm-hmm. he swam in the ocean every day, took a daily swim. But mm-hmm. um, so they thought, hey, we are um, mutating this these cancer, these viruses that cause cancer. Let's weaponize cancer and we will turn it on Castro. So in so inject another piece of this puzzle, as if we haven't, like, branched off of this tree enough. Um, we have Judith Very Baker.
1: This she, chick, might be I,
0: a man. I know. Look, she's from Bradenton, Florida. She watched her grandmother die from cancer, so her lifelong um, purpose in life at that point was to cure cancer. So she, in high school, was giving cancer to mice in seven days. And this was faster than anyone in the cancer in research. In high school. In high school, with no budget, no zero budget, she was giving cancer to mice in seven days. So she would radiate them, and she would put them in smoke-filled chambers.
2: Cigarette smoke.
0: Yes. Yes. So... So, so in while she was in high school, she crashed a National Cancer Society convention in Florida. And she told them what she was doing. So, first of all, can you imagine? No, I can't. Being a teenage
2: girl. First and, of all, you're in the 60s? underage. You're right.
0: You're a woman.
2: Or you're female. You're a female and you're underage. And you're, yeah. I With mean. all these men doctors.
0: Can you imagine going in? um, Hello. I think they said that she used her high school press pass to, like, (laughs) get in. But, look, the the gumption of her, like, that's fabulous. That's wonderful.
2: Well, I was just about to say she had balls of steel. Right. Absolutely. So,
0: she tells them, like, what she's doing. And then she actually speaks to Dr. Deal, who is the executive vice president of the American Cancer Society of Research and the dean – of the Mayo Clinic and these are all Oshner's friends by the way so this is like you see the pattern forming here mm-hmm. so they call Oshner; he's not there so they call him and they're like hey um Dr. O you need to you need to get down here and see what she's doing right like this is your thing right like, the whole cancer thing, like, you linked it to smoking and you're trying to find a cure because, oh, shit, you found it in the in the polio vaccine, you know, in um, your covert op, like, you're trying to turn this into, like, weaponize it. Yeah, you need to see what she's doing. So, he actually goes down there. Like, can you imagine, like, all these big cancer doctors all gathered in one place? I'm not talking, like, the big names of the day. She's like, I'm just gonna roll she's up like, in here, but but like, uh, yeah, I'm in high school, and here's my lab, and this is what I'm doing, because they're just like, absolutely no, there's no way, but yeah, they find out that absolutely that's what she's doing, so so they arrange for, they're totally impressed, like, a, a, needless to say, so they arranged for her to go by um to train at Roswell in New York, not which Ros- has nothing your, to
2: do with New Mexico, yeah, there are no
0: aliens. In the story. Womp,
2: womp, womp. I
0: know. <laughs> Next time. That's what
2: I was gonna say later. Just just right. They're like give us oh, the other give, tentacle to the story. Give
0: us time. And now <laughs> cue the aliens <laughs> But no, no, no. No, spoiler. There's there are no aliens in the story. Not in this one. Right. So they and they do they send her to Roswell to train. And that's for the summer. And what she's doing is um, she's reporting back to Oshner the whole time. So then they set her up at the University of Florida, unfortunately. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Go Gators. That's right. fine. Like, that's
2: totally fine. No. So, I know. <laughs> this <is> not fine. <laughs>
0: we don't have any Florida listeners. Maybe <laughs> now we will so. When when Haslam asked Judith, who was the th- there was an, a third guy at the convention, and later when he's um, conducting his investigation, his research, um, when he's asking Judith a, about this, he said he said there was a third guy. Like who who was that? And she said I can't remember. Let me go check my notes. So she goes and she checks it. Oh, it was just Harold Urey from the University of Chicago who ran the War Sciences Program during World War II and the Manhattan. Project. Oh, just that's only that. Right. Okay. Like, I don't know. I wrote him down on. I, I just, I can't. I mean, let me, okay. Right. That's somebody named Harold
2: Yuri. Oh, God.
0: Right. So, what this establishes is there's definitely a connection of Oshner and Yuri, along with the linear particle accelerator in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Like, this puts all the pieces together, it puts all of them together. It puts um, them in New Orleans. So, I and mean, it's
2: undeniable. Right.
0: Yes. So, you definitely have this going on now. Right. So, in the spring of 1963, Asher asked Judith if she wanted to skip the last years of college and enter Tulane Medical School in the fall. Room and board paid, tuition paid, and paid a stipend.
2: So, absolutely. Like, she won the medical school lottery. She did. Yeah. So all right, I don't know anyone that would turn that.
0: Right, and and they offered for her to leave. Like, she could finish up at um, the University of Florida early. Wow. Like, finish up your college early. You get straight admission. Like, I don't even know that she even had to apply. Oh, I'm sure not. <laughs> that, that was but all... But whether it was just filling out applications, like, okay, you're in. That's fine. But all she had to do them was just a project the summer before mm. the fall. That's it. You only so, need to
2: do this. We just need, this, we just one need little, this one thing from you. Just, just one, this thing. one thing.
0: It's in the summer. It's alright. It's good. It's, okay. it's good. It's, it's gonna okay. work. It's gonna work. Don't worry about it. So, and to sweeten it up, they told her she'd be working under Dr. Mary Sherman. So, she was a leading cancer researcher in, in the definitely in the U.S. at that time. So, Absolutely. She's definitely decided to do this. And um, so, Judy Very Baker, she arrives in New Orleans um, earlier than expected because, um, let me point this out real quick. So, she wrote a book as well. This is Judith Very Baker. And we're going to get into her story, which is really crazy. She has a pretty crazy story to tell, but she wrote a book also. Um, this book was sitting next to the, um, Ed Haslam's book on our mother's shelf. It's called Me and Lee. Yes. I don't know that you knew that, but I have both of them in my, in my custody. Yes. So.
2: What? <laughs> did mom read both of these? No, names? she okay. has not. I, I,
0: hope, w- I hope she listens to this because we're going. Where we're did she them. get the books? Uh, from a friend.
2: Okay. Somebody yeah. loaned them to her. Okay. Yes. So I meant to ask you earlier when you mentioned that you saw it on her shelf, and you know, was it something that she had actually read? Because I know she she reads a lot of books, but there she has so many, right? That there are some I know she hasn't read, right? And these were two that she definitely said that she hasn't. Which, like I said, she she's our biggest
0: fan. She listens. Hi, mom. And she listens to our podcast, so now she'll she'll know the story that because we're laying it out for her. But um, I have those two books, um, and I've read both of them. But it's me and Lee is the one that Judy. I wonder who grew. it was
2: that loaned them to her.
0: Well, I'll tell you off air. Okay. But um, yeah, this has to do with um, she so she, our mom had an apartment in New Orleans ah. for a couple of years, several years ago, um, and so. That that whole New Orleans... I mean, we're all connected to New Orleans in this family. But anyway, that's kind of how that came about. Okay. I can tell you offline. Anyway, so Judith Ferry Baker, she arrives in New Orleans earlier than... um, It was in the spring, so it wasn't in the summer. Because um, at that time, University of Florida, where she was, they were on quarters instead of semesters. Mm. So she finished up early. And she went ahead and, and... um. Came to New Orleans, but at that time, Doctor Oshner was—I um, think he was in Central America. They said at the time, but anyway, he was out of the country, so she was kind of um, left to her own. You know, she's a, a college student age, and she's in a um, in a different state, in a different town, and trying to find her way. And so, um, when she gets there, she starts running her mouth. Like, why she's there, what she's doing, who she knows. And so, Hoshner finds... Somebody young. shut her right. up. <laughs> exactly. So, she's young, you know. She's young, and she's, she's pretty, like you said, pretty ballsy. So, she's like, hey, I'm Judith Fairy Baker. I do not have that. I'm here to work on cancer research. No, and, <laughs> no <laughs> right, ma'am. Right, right. No, ma'am. So, Hoshner finds out, and he has someone accidentally... Meet her on purpose, meet, or accidentally on purpose, and meet her at the post office as someone from New Orleans who has intelligence training and a U.S. Marine, someone with one foot in the mob, one foot in the CIA, and maybe some, maybe of you, some of you have heard of him, maybe, um, Lee Harvey Oswald. So she's not in town twenty four hours, and she. Literally bumps into. I think she. They stated that she drops a piece of mail, and he picks it up, and kind of that one thing, like, "Yo, you look into the eyes." That moment where it's like, "Oh, you know." Not at (laughs) all
2: orchestrated. Not even a little bit.
0: (laughs) But he was sent to be her handler, which she actually admits now because um she's still, she's still alive, and she um, she does um you can find her. She's on Facebook.
2: Oh, okay, and she's, now I, she has a Facebook page. Now, whether or not she's actually like the administrator of her page, I don't know. Okay, but she does have a Facebook page. Okay, and she um, you can find her YouTube videos
0: where she has done lectures. And speaking of her um, relationship
2: with Lee Harvey Oswald, so she has her Facebook page, and then there's straight talk from Judith Berry Baker. Okay. And it's a picture of her. Uh, she might actually post. I'm not sure. Well, I'll tell you this, just kind of as a side note,
0: because it pops into my head, that when I watched a YouTube video of hers in an interview, she absolutely um, discourages. And, and I'm not a doctor, so I'm not giving medical advice, but I'm just passing along what she said discourages the use of radiation, x-rays, um, especially in mammograms, which is why I have not had one to this day. I want to do a thermal, which is what she suggests, um, because for obvious reasons, yeah. So anyway, there's that. And some people might think that's hooey, and that's okay too. So Judith and Lee both get cover jobs at the Riley Coffee Company, and everybody knows this. This is in the Warren Report. Um, it's been written about so many times. And if you know the JFK story, you know, this to be true, maybe not about Judith, but definitely about Lee Harvey Oswald. So actually, um, the standard coffee company, which was a subsidiary of the Riley coffee company, that's actually who, um, they got the job with and they both start on the same day, which is May 10th. What are the odds of that? Um, so yeah, so you tell me like, does this sound like this is a coincidence? They happen to meet each other in the post office within hours of her arriving to New Orleans for the first time. And then they both get jobs on the same day. And Judy, Judith, she, um, she has documentation to to back all this up. She has like paychecks, um, check stubs, And um, bus tickets, like, places in her, these places. So she can actually prove this. So Lee finds Judith a place to live. It's on the same bus route, and they only live, like, blocks away from each other. So Judith was Lee's mistress, she claims. But it sounds like, okay, he he was there to be her handler, and... To me, it almost sounds like it's not so much like he, maybe he was just there to do a job or, or complete a mission. And I feel bad because I feel like she did fall in love with him because she didn't know. She didn't know he was placed there to be her handler. No. So, um, and she. He, he,
2: he knew, but right, she didn't.
0: Right. Because he was married. Right. He was married and had children. She was actually married as well. But, you know, she was young, and she even talks about that um, in her book. But she also writes about their affair in her book as well. So they would leave their cover jobs. every. This was every day. And they would go to David Ferry's apartment. Oh, yeah, that's right. I said it. David, yeah, David Ferry's. Okay. We have added another famous person into the story now. Did so. we mention that this
2: story has tentacles?
0: <laughs> right. So, they would work in, um, in his apartment, which they call the underground lab, and they were doing cancer research on mice. Okay, so we've already talked about the monkey research. So, they are doing... Okay, also, recall, if you've seen JFK, the movie by Oliver Stone. Yes. I didn't know this, because I would forgotten, but it was um, brought up to me and brought to my attention that there is... Are are scenes in the movie with mice in cages.
2: Oh, I didn't... I don't, yeah, I don't recall that.
0: I'd have to go back and look. But if that's the case, then clearly they um, they knew about this, and Jim Garrison's investigation must have uncovered this because that's where they get the information for it, where Oliver Stone gets the information for his movie. Oh, and a side note, too. Jim Mars also consulted on that, so... Oh, that was a conversation we had offline. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> so they would leave their cover jobs and go work in the underground lab, which is David Ferry's apartment. But they would get the mice from, let's just call it the big lab. And the big lab is the the Center for Infectious Diseases, and the one that guard that's guarded by the Marines in the government building, with that house the Linear Particle Accelerator. Okay, so that's considered the big lab. So, they get their mice from the big lab because they had already been radiated by the linear particle accelerator. And then they get the mice, they cut the tumors, they blend them up, and they make slides. Ooh. right. And they're doing all this in an apartment.
2: Right, that's what I was thinking (laughs) earlier. I was like, wasn't this in a house? Yes. This is what I was thinking of.
0: Right, and so they arranged to have them sent back to the big lab to be radiated again. Because remember, they're trying to mutate this to get it to, um, they're trying to accelerate this to get it to mutate because they did only have that um, one strain. So Dr. Oshner and Dr. Mary Sherman, they were the ones radiating the mice in the big government lab. And this is how they were weaponizing cancer. Mm. So, Judith's chance encounter, like we said, meeting Lee Harvey Oswald, that was arranged, like completely arranged. Like, the first thing she does is she meets him. And then, um, right after that, 48 hours later, she's introduced to Mary Sherman, Mm. along with David Ferry, by the way. Mm -hmm. So, they knew it killed mice, and they knew the cancer, and they knew it killed monkeys. The next step was to try a human subject. So, unfortunately, what they did was they got a test subject, or more than one, I think it was actually two, test subjects from Angola State Penitentiary, which is the state penitentiary in Louisiana. Yes.
2: And the question was, or Ed as Lum you know, posed the question, he's like, so if you want to advance your research into human subjects, if you can even say that, you know, right. where do you go to find a, a, a human that no one's going to, to miss? Right. Ugh. I know. It just it's It disgusting. is. And
0: that's um, actually, in our neck of the woods here. Um.
2: In Jackson, not Mississippi. Well, Louisiana.
0: right outside of St.
2: Francisville,
0: but they do go to. They do bring the. Um, we'll get into the, the human. Well, it's from Angola to the um, mental hospital in Jackson.
2: The institution for the criminally insane.
0: Yes, the forensic hospital. Yeah, um. So
2: we know about
0: operation mongoose like we said that this was all to kill castro because that's why they're weaponizing cancer judith later found out that they were they had actually used two inmates and that they were healthy because originally she was told that they were terminally ill not that that makes it any better to take it upon yourself to to um test this weaponized cancer because if it was proven to be effective meant that this person was going to die. Right. So, th- this is the first time that Lee Harvey Oswald was um, cited in Clinton. In fact, and you can also look this up as well. They were, um, the House Select Committee on Assassi- Assassinations conducted um, their investigation and they found eight credible witnesses. Two were in from Jackson, Louisiana, and two were from Clinton that actually saw and can place Lee Harvey Oswald, Clay Shaw, and David Ferry in um, and Clinton and, and, and in Clint, uh, Jackson. So, why in this area? First of all, you have Angola State Penitentiary, which was right outside of St. Francisville. So what they would do is they would ha- arrange to have the inmate transported in, in um, one of those vans, like you might see driving down the road, that says inmates come leave and come from um, Angola. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to bring the, or they did bring the inmate to the East Louisiana State Mental Hospital, which is still there today. It's in Jackson. So, that inmate was brought from the penitentiary to the hospital, and this is where they would inject, or they did inject, the, um, the cancer, mm. the, the weaponized cancer into um, their test subjects. So, the reason why they were spotted in Clinton, though, because you're like, well, Clinton, why Clinton? Um, Clinton is actually the parish seat of East Feliciana Parish, and so Jackson is tiny. Jackson is very, very small. In fact, I think they have the war home, and they have this hospital there. So when they came to town, and I say they, that's Lee Harvey Oswald, Clay Shaw, and David Ferry, waiting, when they would wait for, this is definitely way before cell phones, so they would have to rely on pay phones and just, like, prior arrangements so then when they were waiting for the prisoner to come from Angola, they um, they didn't want to wait, and Jackson said they went to Clinton. And, I
2: think it was an unfortunate timing situation. Right. So the day that they show up in a black Cadillac,
0: hmm. looking all sticking out like a Yeah, because
2: <laughs> this is a... Like you said, this is a super small community. Everybody knows everybody. And if someone pulls up in a black Cadillac, you know, that's going to raise eyebrows. They're going to say, hey, from around here. Exactly. Right. And um, if there's not
0: much there now, which there isn't, there really wasn't anything then. So um, that particular day that they showed up was the day... That the Congress for Racial Equality had arranged for a voter registration.
2: Well, because that was the day after the I Have a Dream speech, wasn't it? It was, yes. So Lee Harvey Oswald, as you talk about somebody with
0: Moxie, I mean, he was a US Marine. There you go. I mean, I don't know if he cleared an embassy though.
2: I'm sure he didn't.
0: <laughs> he gets out, he gets out of the. Black Cadillac. Like, yeah, you know, nothing to see here. Move along. He stands in
2: line to go
0: register and to
2: see if he could
0: Right, cuz this is for the, we didn't say, but like this is for black people to register to vote. So he gets right. out as a white man.
2: And he wants to prove like or not to prove, but he wants to see if he can register to vote um in the midst of the right. of the movement. Right.
0: And I did um, see that one of the witnesses also did state that he asked if... Um, well, he didn't ask. He stated that he, he... And this could be his cover statement, right? His cover story. That he wanted to get a, um, a voter's registration card so he could apply for a job at the mental hospital in Jackson. And then I think someone said... Well, you don't need that to go apply for the hospital, so they stepped out of line. So, I heard both accounts. So he's, he's either registered or he didn't, but either way, he was um, a witness places him there. So, um, a few days later, he goes into he goes back to Clinton, and then um, he steps into a barber shop for a haircut. And he happens to ask the barber if he could help him get a job. He's still trying to get a job at the East Louisiana State Mental Hospital. And he said no that he couldn't help him, but he knew I know a guy. So he knew.
2: <laughs> I know a guy that knows a guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Go see about it. Right. And his name was Reeves. So Reeves' daughter and then you can take what you will with that. But anyway, that's just a, That's just my opinion. Reeves' daughter um, House, Select Count, uh, House Select Committee on Assassinations that she saw a woman in the green car waiting in the car while Lee Harvey Oswald was speaking to Reeves about getting a job at the mental hospital in Jackson. And so later, the House Select Committee on Assassination, they asked Marina, his wife, if that was her, and she said, no, that was not me. I wasn't there. Uh-oh. So the implication here is Uh-oh. that was Judith Ferry Baker.
2: Yep. I, I knew you were going to say that.
0: Because she was trained at Roswell Center in New York to take the blood test. Um, and then also just to note that years later, the House Select Committee on Assassinations, they interviewed a woman at the East Louisiana State Mental Hospital And Jackson, and she said that she found an application with Lee Harvey Oswald in the personnel files. So, he actually did, according to her, fill out this application that he was trying to get a job for. He went to see a guy about a job. (laughs) Right. So, I'm wondering, was he, did he, okay, he didn't really want to get a job. No. There. That was just He just his. went
2: to see a guy.
0: <laughs> right. Or was he trying to get inside? Exactly. That's yeah, exactly. of course. Of course. Right. That's all part of it. So didn't he have so we had mentioned David Ferry, right? And he was with them. So he is quite the character and we all know him. I don't know that we all love him, but <laughs> We all know him. We all know him or heard of him. If not, look him up. So he was a pilot born in Cleveland. He tried to become a Catholic priest more than once, tried to, and they kept turning him down. Like he kept declining. Like, that's, I don't know why that was funny to me, but it just was. That's just funny. Like, please let me be a Catholic
2: priest. No. (laughs) We don't want you.
0: I have no idea what the that church is. does not want you, <laughs> which was probably a really good
2: right? decision, Yeah, of course, they weren't
0: so, wrong, right? He, um, of course, I think we all know if we've seen JFK suffer from alopecia, and he wore these hideous wigs that he would super Ugh, glue why? and he would like m- magic marker or paint his eyebrows on he looked ridiculous. I mean, I guess in, in the 60s, they didn't really have like. All that eyebrow, like they have today, you know, that like you can like literally make your eyebrows look real, like real hair, Mm -hmm. but you're only using makeup. That, like, blows me away. I love to watch those videos. I do, too. Because I'm
2: like. I could never replicate <laughs> it, but I love to watch it. Like, <laughs> I'm not. I don't watch the tutorial because I'm going <laughs> right, to do it. I just. It's fascinating <laughs> me to too. me. That's
0: the same thing. I'm like, that looks like hair. <laughs> like, how do you do that? It's amazing. I love it. Like, I could. I watch that way more than I should. <laughs>
2: right? <laughs> Spend way more time watching
0: that, <laughs> laying in bed like I know I have to go to sleep. But that is amazing. <laughs> <This> is amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah, so and they didn't have that. He couldn't. He couldn't do that. He just like magic markered him. So
2: he looks hideous. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. And if you you can even Google pictures of him. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. I'm not laughing because of his condition. I'm just laughing at the ridiculousness. Right. Absolutely. Of how he didn't own it. Of how he didn't own his situation. Like, who are you trying to fool? But anyway, he started working for Eastern Airlines, and he was transferred to New Orleans. So that's what places him in New Orleans. And he knows, um, or at least meets Lee Harvey Oswald on the Civil Air Patrol, and, like, this character was doing everything from running guns to drugs to, like, he had his hand. He was, like, in the mafia. He was just, um, he had his hand in everything. Uh He even flew for Carlos Marcello. Yep. Who, that we're going to have to do an episode on him. I was just about to say,
2: <laughs> who deserves his own episode?
0: Absolutely. Like, the Kingfish Mafia little man, um, who is notorious still to this day in Louisiana. Absolutely. So he's a New Orleans crime boss. Um, and also, I should point out that Lee Harvey also, like I said, they had one foot in the mob. His uncle actually was the driver for Carlos Marcello. So he wow. definitely had, yeah, ties to the mob. So, but, um, so, JFK, his brother Robert Kennedy, RFK. He had Carlos Marcelo deported to Guatemala, and David Ferry actually flew him back to the U.S. (laughs) Right, right. So like, here come all the pieces. This is crazy, right? Crazy. It's just, it's just crazy. So Carlos Marcelo, he owned many places. He owned the 500 Club. He owned Town and Country. And this is where Judith Barry Baker and Leo Harvey Oswald they would eat gratis,
1: like mm. all the time
0: at his places. Um, yeah, so that's nuts, totally crazy. Um, so that brings us to back to Judith Ferry Baker. So she writes a letter of protest to Doctor Alton Ochsner because she wanted to cure cancer. That's why she that was her lifelong a goal was, um, you know, to to do this because her grandmother had died of cancer and that just really struck her. So
2: she didn't want to kill people with it. She, she didn't sign up for it being weaponized and used as a way, as a means of murder, obviously. Right. She was doing it for for the good. Obviously, reasons that were not in line, that didn't align with this. Right. So, needless to say, Dr. Alton Oshner was not happy
0: about this, and he resent his offer of med school. I mean, we didn't even get out of the, the, the summer yet. She didn't even start med school, right? That was uh, his offer. So, he resent that, and she didn't go to med school, and he told her she would never work in medicine again. Go back to Florida, keep your head down. If you want to keep your teeth. Or
2: I even was listening to a podcast that her life was even threatened. Like, keep your mouth shut if you want to stay alive. Right. And that's
0: exactly what she
2: did. Like, she,
0: you know, she could have gone and done amazing things as a woman in science. And she was basically squashed. Right. Just because she spoke up on what she didn't, what she um, adamantly opposed Unbelievable, as any normal, reasonable human would do. Unbelievable, right? David Ferry told her that um, she had to remain like low key, low profile, or like you said, she'd be done away with. Like mm-hmm. that was her. That was what she was threatened. So he was. Um, David Ferry also arranged to have her and Lee Harvey Oswald speak on the phone throughout um, the the mob betting lines they had, so um, that was just to keep it secret so the government couldn't hear, supposedly. But I think they were. I think they were pretty secret at the time. And then um, the last... One of the last times that she actually spoke to Lee Harvey Oswald was when he told her that they were going to kill JFK and set him up for it. Now, that is her words. Like, that's her account, so... She uh, hung up the phone, and the next day she actually watched JFK Kate get shot, and then later she watched as um, they killed her lover, Lee Harvey Oswald. Like, I, can you imagine? Uh-uh. Can you? I mean, I can't even imagine like how ominous is that when you hear him say, "They're gonna kill the president, and they're gonna set me up for it," and then she sees him get shot.
2: Unbelievable.
0: And you're already threatened. You're young. You're young and you've already been around all these powerful people and you you clearly see what they can do. And you know you've been a part of this pro this uh covert operation where you were weaponizing cancer and killing inmates to try to kill Castro. So Don't say we didn't warn you. Yeah. Um oh and there's just one, and there's one more thing. Because this, this story kind of follows a, doesn't really follow a timeline. I was going to say kind of follows a timeline. It actually does not. But no. just wanted to note that the day Dr. Mary Sherman was killed was the day the Warren Commission started their investigation in New Orleans. Hmm. So there you go. That is. Wow. Yeah, that is Dr. Mary's monkey how the unsolved murder of a doctor, a secret laboratory in New Orleans, cancer-causing monkey viruses are linked to Lee Harvey Oswald assassination, and emerging global epidemic. So thank you guys for listening.
2: Yes, thank you. And if you're, just want to mention, if you're a first-timer, or you've listened to us previously and you like what you hear, please be sure to uh, leave us a review. Um, Five stars are um, obviously preferred, but we're open to any and all reviews. Uh, But please,
0: five star, because I have heard that if it's not five star, it's nothing
2: right so So. we need we need the five stars like give us a five star and leave us a comment we want to hear your feedback we want you to come back and um thanks for listening
0: thanks you guys good night until next time
1: you've been listening to southern discomfort with april and christine as you can tell this is one of the most unique podcasts on the internet so we want you to be able to reach out to us. Send emails to Southern Discomfort Podcast at gmail.com. On Facebook it's Southern Discomfort Podcast. And on Instagram at Southern Discomfort PC. And for shows, visit Southern And this podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast. Till next time, keep one eye open because you never know what you might see. This is Southern Discomfort. Signing off.